This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, if you've taken an Uber lately, you may have noticed a couple of things. First, the price of the ride may be higher. Second, the wait times to get an Uber are higher as well. Both of those in part due to the pandemic, but it's something that seemingly benefits Uber because this part of the gig economy is always in flux due to demand. Gad Alon is a professor of operations, information, and decisions at the Wharton School. He's also director of the Jerome Fisher Program in Management and Technology. Hi, Gad. How are you? Hi, Dan. Great to be here. How are you? Thank you. So lay this out for us because people, I would think, can't be real happy with the higher prices and the higher wait times. No. So I I think no one is happy at this point. Um, I think Uber is not happy as well. Customers are not happy. Drivers are not happy. uh, And Uber is not happy. Uh, I think the main issue, as you said, uh, drivers are uh, slow to come back. uh, And and, and the impact is that most people, if you're calling an Uber now, most likely you'll have to overpay compared to same time last year, same time two years ago. And your wait can be quite long. I mean, I think it's definitely not the two, three minutes that we got used. It could be closer to 10 to 20 minutes sometimes during rush hour. So the the problem then becomes what longer term for Uber, especially considering, and as you mentioned in the article that you wrote about this, the blog post that you wrote about this, uh, the expectations of drivers were probably one thing when they started to work for Uber, but they're starting to develop into something else. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the main point or, or the main issue is that overall, the gig economy uh, is, is a, I mean, all of these firms are, are, are platforms. They're not the employers. I mean, I think there's a big debate on ultimately on their employment model, but they're platforms. They need to encourage drivers to be present. They need to then go and look for riders that are looking for these rides. And and so overall, you you take these issues and and you realize that in the last years, when Uber started, it was very attractive for both sides in the deal. It was attractive for the customers because the weights were short. It was attractive for... for the drivers, because they got to work, uh, um, I mean, the, the time that they wanted and then got paid uh, to some extent based on the demand. The, the issue was that I think many of them realized very quickly that the offers that they got initially to lure them, so to speak, to drive for Uber did not maintain. And in fact, and as the firm was getting into IPO and becoming public and wanted to demonstrate to its uh, investors that it's actually going to be financially viable, they trimmed and cut many of these benefits. Cue in the pandemic, and many of these drivers come back and, um, and and realize that, again, Uber is trying, Uber is investing $250 million in bringing drivers back. The driver is saying, well, we've been to that movie already. We've seen you trying to lure us in. Once we are in, you're going to remove these benefits. You're going to remove these advantages, and then we're going to be stuck again doing many, many short rides for a very low pay. Tell us how this different, how this time it's different, and and that's not what we see now. We see drivers questioning whether that's exactly a good idea to go back and drive for a firm where it's and and that's not only true for Uber. It's true for Uber and Lyft and all of these. Right? And ultimately, they're not profitable firms. It's very clear right. that the they how much they pay now drivers is not sustainable. Right, and and then add in the fact that uh, the drivers are paying uh, for any repairs on their cars. Uh, you know that. 
that ends up being a, a, another element to this that would seemingly make it be harder and harder for them to get uh, people to drive for them in the future. Right. I mean, I think that's of like what, what's happened, I think, is that, that people, in the day-to-day, you're chasing the next ride, trying to make, and, and, and what we've seen in our study, uh, when I studied that, this, in, this industry is, is significant uh, inertia behavior. I was on this show before, and I described that where the situation is drivers tend to drive in the the longer they drove until now, the more likely they're going to continue to drive and the longer they drive, which means that most of the drivers, once they're on the road, they're very much in the trenches thinking about the next ride. Many of these drivers had the opportunity to look back and say, when I factor everything in, they wear and tear hard, the time I do that, all the gas and everything, there's not so much money left. And maybe I need to do something else. And then, so I think this is sort of like a broader thing we see with with uh, the COVID is that it co- it brought people to rethink their employment model. Whether first of all choosing things that are maybe more immune to yeah. a to recessions or or to hits like that, maybe things that are maybe more long term viable because they realize that actually the economy firms don't have a very strong commitment if, if there is no demand. And, and, and so, you know, we, we saw significant shortage and in, 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 in decrease in demand of all immediately as COVID started. And, and it started climbing back, but people realized that if a big part of your employment depends on that, maybe that's not the best place to be. But I will say the following. To some extent, we, we are viewing that as a negative aspect of the gig economy. I actually view that as a, as a positive aspect of the gig economy. And what I mean by that is if you are an, an, being employed by any of these firms, I think you, you should take this time, and many of them are taking this time, to realize that the firms are going to be always competing on you. There is no yeah. way, I mean, that the firm can mistreat you for too long because ultimately you'll just find other options. Um, I, I think okay our, gonna... what we need to do as, as customers and, and citizens in that sense, is to make sure there are always enough options that Uber would have to compete on these drivers. We're joined by Gad Alon of the Wharton School. So what should the what should the consumer, what should the customer be thinking with this going on right now? Yes, so I think we like to, as customers, we like to complain. That's our first and, and, and most important job. Um, and, and so here we tend to complain about two things. I hear Customers complain about long waiting times and blame Uber and the drivers for that. I hear people also complain about the fact that these firms are not true employers and are exploiting a, a, these drivers and exploiting arbitrage because these drivers are, are essentially really employed but not really employed. I think you have to choose which side of this debate you want to maintain. Do, if, you, mm-hmm. if you want these people to be paid well, long waiting times are, are part of the game. You don't like them to be. You don't like to wait. Then you have to agree, and, and to the fact that you might actually need to be in a situation where there, there will be a there will be more and more pressure towards that. And and, and, and so I think to some extent this is something what, what we it, it's almost like it's a Rorschach test a little bit to see which side of the of the drivers are you, you or, or which consumer are you. If we want mm-hmm. to continue and, and have a diet of really really low paid drivers, we will also have to. Uh, I, I think we have to concede to the fact that, that that's sort of like what's going to happen. I think we will we'll see more and more of these firms trying to get all these drivers to commit and then ultimately 
they need them to not be employed. They need them to be sort of like a, a contractors. And, and so I think if you ask me what's going to happen in the next few years, I think more and more drivers are going to jump back into that. I think because it's ultimately it is a good employment model for people that drive enough flexibility. We'll probably have to yeah. see, we'll see many of these firms realize that short-term fluctuations of, of giving people early bonuses to get them to drive and then reduce these costs over time doesn't really work all that well because they will remember you the next time when you need them. And so I think we'll see that they, a, a little bit of a recording from all sides here, from the drivers that are already doing that, the firms that are realizing that, and for us as consumers to decide which side of this economy we want to be. We cannot just be consumers. We, we, have, we are responsible for the health of all sides here in this, in this market. Gad, great to talk with you again. Thanks for a few moments today. All the best. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Gad Alon of the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.